oblong desk it is indeed but this time the occasional table is out for some 1995 dance and a compilation album that sort of sits on its own in the world we'll talk a little bit about that later i'm john tyndall over there is noakes hello noakes yes hi john it's um it's a good one this i think an interesting little curio if that's the word because we've got the end of one era sort of and we've got the beginning of another era but sort of uh they 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 are um they are kind of standing on their own in some respects although the now dance one is obviously part of a series but uh, we'll we'll discuss that as we go along Indeed, yes. And this is what the occasional table is all about. We've got our main oblong desks where we discuss the Now albums and the Hits albums in chronological order in series. But every so often, the occasional table is for all those bits that we want to fill in and make sure we don't miss anything as we trawl our way through the world of the 1990s compilation album scene. That's right, and um, these are very summary albums, which, uh, although we're not recording this as we speak in the summer, you may be listening to it in the summer, in which case, hi, enjoy the uh, the lovely weather, um, but it is the first real proper warm, sunny weekend we've had this year, which means you can probably date this yourself if you're working out when we're recording this. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's quite nice timing, really, from our point of view. Yeah, it is. So we've got two albums to look at today. The first one is Now Dance, Summer 95. And uh, what's that look like? Well, it was released on the 17th of July 1995, so well into summer. And uh, the tagline for this one, we like these, don't we, is 20 scorching dance hits. We'll be oh, the, lovely. We'll be the judge of that. Um, the cover is a kind of um, gold on blue affair with a bit of... Uh, bit of pink and purple added in as well uh, and there's a starfish on it which um i mean nothing says summer more than starfish apparently so uh that's presumably the reason for that and uh, chart wise not one of the biggest sellers number three in the compilation chart for three weeks so kind of middling and that may be why this was the last now dance album until the back end of 1997 so we've got a very long wait for the next one Cool. So um, Starfish at the ready and anything else you want for the first five tracks, which we've looked at already on previous Oblong Desks. They are in order. Track one, the Out Here Brothers with Boom Boom Boom. Uh, Shaggy featuring Ravon in the summertime appropriately is track two. Here comes the Hot Stepper, another sunny tune from Aini Kamozi. That's track three. Humping Around, Bobby Brown is track four. And Jam and Spoon, Right in the Night, is track five. So a strong and confident start to the album with some big hits yeah absolutely um nothing controversial there and uh, he's got the summer track that actually mentions the season nice and early there so yes we're uh, we're down to track six for the first one we haven't heard um and i guess it's um maybe a bit of a surprise uh, that we haven't heard this yet but i think this was the probably the first now album that it was eligible for i think now 31 probably came along a bit too early for it so track six is try me out by corona uh, it's the third of their three top 10 hits and it got to number six and it's actually part of this album as a pre-release but uh, not much of a punt on ashley's part to uh, presume that this would be a big hit and it's all right i mean it's like the others really isn't it to be honest yeah, yeah, it's it's those uh, foreigners doing English without really understanding what the words mean uh, and sacrificing content for rhyme. Blah, 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 I want to be your wife. 
yeah which rhymes with life yes. uh, and and i just can't see the target market uh, throwing shapes in the club and desperately hoping that the night ends in a wedding proposal <laughs> yes i know what you mean plans. <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah like you say i mean corona they, they do what they do euro dance quality stuff with the exception of the lyrics which you know we're not really listening to in a dance track that much. We want the rhythm, we want the feel of it, and it's got a good vibe. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of uh, the new tracks that we're listening to on this album, it's a pretty good start, I would say. Um, track seven we've done before, haven't we? Wumpf, there it is, by Clock. And then we're on to track eight. Yes, and we need to have a listen to that, don't we? Adam, or A-D-A-M, featuring Amy. Adam has some spots between his letters, so we'll presume that. And a track that we have disliked in its original form. Have a listen to Zombie. It's Oblong Desk's Occasional Table. John and I are reviewing Now Dance Summer 95. You just heard a portion of track eight. Uh, Adam, I'm not going to do the letters, can't be bothered, featuring Amy and Zombie, which in its original Cranberries form was a Warnock, I think, wasn't it, when we uh, reviewed that? It was. We liked it not. Yeah. I like this, if only for the fact that it probably annoyed the hell out of everybody who loved the Cranberries version. Um, I don't think it's particularly genius uh, in this dance form. Uh, Surprisingly, they're not Italian, uh, this lot. You would assume they would be, given the sound of the song. They're actually French. It doesn't sound very French, does it? You can get many French dance songs, really. Um, Spent a long time in the chart, but only got to number 16, which is two places lower than the original. So the only disappointing thing for me is that this didn't, you know, go a bit higher. That would have been good. Yeah, and full credit to the French for spotting that this could be turned into a thumping Eurodance anthem. Um, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Um, It's kind of like Alan Walker. There's something about that production, uh, but but like sort of two decades earlier. So, you know, fair play to them for not stealing the idea. Uh, and Amy, the uh, vocalist, could have sung the chorus beautifully and in a kind of standard issue Euro dance type way. But she really, really pays homage to that horrendous grating style of the original. <laughs> she does. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, she does. She actually it... does go in your hand, in your hand, doesn't she? She doesn't sing it properly at all. She doesn't sing it properly. And... I kind of feel like it would have been a better song if she had, but then it's also quite amusing that she didn't. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it it shares some similarities with uh, the cover version of What's Up by DJ Miko from a year earlier. It's a similar kind of idea, a cover version danced up of a very recent hit. But whereas we didn't like DJ Miko, I think think this is miles better. Um, Perhaps because I think they knew that they were slightly taking the piss, whereas I don't think DJ Miko did. I think that was a serious attempt at a dance track. I think this is just deliberately throwaway. Yeah, uh, and the nice thing about it is that that real leaden feel, the, as we discussed, the deliberate leaden feel of the original, it's totally gone. This is just, this is light, fun, and probably doesn't do an awful lot for the uh, Irish Republican movement, I'd say. <laughs> yes. 
but then was it ever supposed to? Uh, track nine, Live Enjoy Dreamer, we've had a look at before. And so we'll move on to uh, Heart of Glass Blondie, track 10. Uh, but the Diddy's adorable edit version of this, which is a horrendous thing that's happened here. Yeah, so it is musically lazy. It is. It, I tell you, it's like I tell you, it's like when I did GCSE music, I had to do composition on a keyboard. You had to like write some of your own stuff. I couldn't play piano properly. I, I was a clarinetist, so on my keyboard, if I wanted to get chords. I used the single finger chord setting, so essentially just cheated. You press one key and you get like a chord. Fantastic. Yeah. But the problem with that is it only gives you four variants. You've got your like your major and your minor and then sevenths, and that's the only four chords you can um, make with this single finger chord setting. So none of the fancy ones. And Heart of Glass has got some fancy chords in it, but they've used single finger chords on this i'm sure it sounds like you you, you get to the bit where um just after the that bit and then the next chord is complex but not on this single not on this mix it just stays the same and it sounds awful because you're expecting this lovely diminished chord change and you just get the previous one carrying on uh, plus all the swirly bits in the production of the original heart of glass have gone and to top it all off, I don't even really like the original, but compared to this... <laughs> I know you're not a Blondie this, fan. I oh, think, God. I, yeah, I, I don't know if we've covered this before, possibly not, but I know you're not a huge Blondie fan. I mean, I, for what it's worth, I think the original uh, number one song from 79, Heart of Glass version, the original version was fantastic. Um, there were three remixes of Blondie tracks uh, that made the top 40 in 94 and 95. This one got to number 15. I can only assume that Blondie hardcore fans were buying it in the hope that it was any good. I'm with you on this one. I don't think it's very good. Um, I think uh, Diddy in general, and we've reviewed one of his tracks, I think, that he did himself on uh, previous Now Dance album. That, that wasn't good either. I don't think Diddy ever did anything particularly great when he was mixing other people's songs so this is in every way a complete clunker i'm afraid yes and just for completeness's sake we should say that diddy is not p diddy or anything to do with that or anything to do with ken dodd just in case you were confused Billy Ray Martin's track 11, Your Loving Arms. We loved it then. We love it now. And so on to track 12, which we're going to play a bit of. It's not over yet. The Perfecto edit from Grace. Track 12 on Now Dance Summer 95, that is Grace with Not Over Yet. One of the biggest dance tunes of the year, I would say. My memory of that is it was everywhere in the summer. It was a very warm summer, um, which was probably great unless you were getting up at silly o'clock in the morning to go and do an overnight radio show and then trying to sleep during the day. Trust me, that is not fun when it is very summery and hot. I'm sure you agree, John, because we're both in the same boat there that, that year. Um... 
but you know if i was going to have to do yes if i was going to have to be woken up by something blaring out in somebody's garden then this is probably about as good as it gets um it was potentially eligible for now 30 or 31 but it seems like ashley was saving it for the next available now dance album so here it is and uh, do you know what i still think it is fantastic this song yeah, the Oakenfold Pixie Dust really lifts this as a dance track, doesn't it? He seems to give the percussion a little extra oomph somehow. And then the backing track sort of hangs off it and floats down like tinsel. It's a triumph. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And it does still sound really good to this day. Yeah, it does. And um, it got another remix about uh, five years or so down the line, and it was a hit all over again. So uh, it's probably still quite well known in either of its original forms, I would say. Good, good, good. Track 13, Junior Vasquez, Get Your Hands Off Me Man. Yeah, well, we've covered this before, but I would like to point out one of the most amusing typos on an album that we've had so far, if not the actual best. Um, This on the back of the CD says, Get Your Hands Off My Ma, which makes it a very different track indeed. Doesn't make it any better, but what an interesting concept. Yes, uh, it could have been Get Your Hands Off My Nan, which would have been even worse. (laughs) Yes. That's true. Beware. Beware, typists. Pay attention. Um, Good. (laughs) Right. Track 14. Let's move on to that with that image of Junior Vasquez's grandma firmly lodged in your minds to Isha D and stay brackets tonight, brackets off. Uh, I think in contrast to the Grace track, this could have been brilliant. Could have. But the mix really lets it down. Isha's vocal could use a bit of beefing up. It's kind of, for me, just so nearly there, but not quite. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, She sounds a bit like Danny Minogue on this, don't you think? That was the kind of vibe I was getting. What, good Danny Minogue or or early Uh, Danny Minogue? Kind of mid-90s Danny Minogue, so some of the better stuff, like All I Want to Do, that kind of era. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she sounds a a little, you're right, Not probably not as good, but that kind of sound to her voice. This was expected to be a huge hit, so you're right. I think everybody kind of heard, maybe they heard a different mix of it and thought, oh, this is going to be great. This was A-listed at Signal. Now, it's very rare that uh, our old boss, Mr. Evington, would A-list a dance track that was by someone unheard of, but it got on the A-list. I I don't know if your station was playing it at the time, but uh, we were. No, we were playing Def Leppard. (laughs) Def Leppard and Lighthouse Family, probably. Uh, I know, a bit early for that, but yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so it was expected to be huge. It only got to number 28. Um, Ashley obviously thought it would be huge because it's on here before it came out as a single, but I think we both agreed on this one. It's a bit kind of... Almost, but not quite. Could have done better. I think it was just a remix. Just, just yeah, know, possibly. Get a producer in, and, and maybe yeah, you know, Oakenfold would have probably made it a massive hit. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, right to track 15 and we're three quarters away through the disc so it must be time for Cheeks (laughs) Judy Cheeks is here as long as you're good to me brackets the Love to Infinity's classic Paradise Radio mix brackets off Mm. Uh, Love to Infinity mix this um it's, it's like when your football team's 2-1 up with 10 minutes to go and the manager brings on the unremarkable midfield utility player, isn't it? The uh, the James Milner thing. Or or like when Sven Joran Eriksson used to sub Michael Owen for Owen Hargreaves. <laughs> yes. This track. It, it's, it, it's completely not going to change your life, but it probably won't ruin it either. Yes. In, in, in terms of my team, West Ham, it's the John Monker of this album, I think. Um, yes, it's, uh, 
it's not great. I mean, I think Judy Cheeks has probably had more more mentions through this podcast series we've been doing than than at any time since 1995. Uh, this was a double A side with a ballad. Yes, she did a ballad. Um, the ballad was called "You're the Story of My Life." It wasn't bad actually. Um, I, I think it says a lot that the ballad was nominally the lead track on that double A side because this is very meh um, and got to number 30, so not a big hit and. Uh, I think you can see why, really. Yeah, it would have been nice for her if she'd had at least. Well, there was that one we reviewed that was uh, there was was it respect that I quite liked. It was either respect or so, reach. Yeah, one of those. Oh no, it was reach. That's right, it was reach. Well, that comes and, back again as a remix, but I don't think it gets on an hour album. I could be wrong. We we will see in the fullness of time. But as you say, yes, she's had more airtime than she did during her career on Oblong Desk. So let's skip along to track 16 which we're going to play a little of um the sugar babies and magic in you It's Oblong Desk's occasional table. John and I are taking a look at Now Dance Summer 95. That was track 16. It's by the Sugar Babies. Not to be confused with the Sugar Babes. Um, And uh, Magic in You. Now, I know you gave up on uh, Doctor Who quite a while ago, John, but uh, there was a recent storyline where uh, it was implied that William Hartnell might not have been the first Doctor and that there were ones before him even. This is almost like the musical equivalent of that. Are Are we suggesting that Sugar Babies were in fact sugar babes in disguise i guess we'll never know it's weird isn't it because they it's a very similar name i'm sure having had a a route around there's, there's there doesn't seem to be any video evidence of them normally you can find no, these tracks yeah on youtube and you can normally find a, it appears that was never a video there's just you know, an image of the disc on the youtube yeah. channel because like you i was like surely surely these names are so coincidentally close to one another that there must be a connection but there's no way of proving it i don't think and i mean as we know the sugar babes lineup changed almost on a weekly (laughs) basis so there's no reason why not anyway to this track whoever's singing it um main room banger does all the right things doesn't it to get you off your feet there's nothing wrong with it at all I think it's a great track. Uh, to give you a bit of information on what's in it, it samples Hey You, the Rocksteady Crew, specifically the Are You Ready bit, which is one of the best bits anyway. And also a slightly lesser known track, Don't Lose the Magic, by Sean Christopher, which was a minor hit a few years earlier. Um, and it uses the vocal from that. Uh, I think it's well put together, actually, considering it's you know slung together from a, a few samples of older tracks. Um, weirdly... Uh, the smallest hit, if you can call it that, on the entire album. It got to number 84, which is shocking, really, because it's better than many of the actual hits on here. So, uh, sorry, Ashley, you got this pre-release wrong in terms of it being a hit, but then again, it's a good track, and without it being on here, it would have been completely lost in the mists of time. So we we like it. <laughs> It's an oblong desk welcome at track 17. Welcome to the Chemical Brothers uh, and their first proper foray into the charts with Leave Home. Yeah, it, I, I'm not keen on this, to be honest. I, I, I thought it was better 
than this i'd listened back to it and thought no I, d I don't remember it being this dull i mean it's it's got some good funky beats in it but the brother's gonna work it out sample gets very very tired very quickly um as you say their first hit it was fairly sizable hit it got to number 17 but uh, doesn't do much for me i'm afraid much better to come Oh, indeed. But there is there are all the ingredients that made them a chart powerhouse sort of present in the track. You've got the rock guitar with the heavy bass and the, as you say, repetitive vocal sample motifs. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would put it down as work in progress. But I think it's an interesting track. I, I'm, not, I'm not as disappointed in it as you. I think it stands up still. It still sounds credible. But yeah better to come yeah it's all right i mean it's it's one of those that didn't appear on compilations very often either so fair play to ashley for at least spotting some potential future talent there and slinging it on i guess we're, we're giving him some good feedback on this one aren't we not that he cares but yes uh, we are <laughs> Uh, and more, in fact, for track 18, oh, really? which is the Spaghetti Surface. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. And Mizaloo, the you, you will know this, the theme tune from uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, this is a dance track version of it, and you can totally see why it happened. Uh, Pulp Fiction, huge hit. We need a dance version of it. It's not quite dancey enough. Uh, and I think it's done reasonably well with the only exception of the thing that I don't like in there is the synthesized gunshots that creep in about halfway through. Oh, yeah. I think they spoil it a little. But no, I didn't mind it at all. I, I left it on, and mainly because of the original, but I thought they didn't ruin it. Yes, the original was by, I think it was, was it Dirk or Dick Dale and his Daltones? I can never remember uh, which it is. Um, but uh, that, I don't think they even re-released it, weirdly, into time with the film. So I think this was pretty much the only version that, that you were going to get. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, but the problem is, cards on the table, I'm really not a fan of Pulp Fiction. Now, I know that I'm very, very much in the minority there. But I didn't particularly find it entertaining. I'm not a Tarantino fan, full stop, really. I think he's one of the most overrated directors cinema has ever seen. Um, so this wasn't really for me, anyway. Um, another pre-release, not so good on Ashley Punt. Number 55, not a hit. But I'm surprised it wasn't a hit, actually. You'd think it would have been, wouldn't you? You would have thought so, but uh, maybe it was more for the club crowd yeah and, and, and spaghetti anyway. surface is a very silly name i've just come up with this off the top of my head and i think this is about a thousand times better than spaghetti surface they could have called it pump friction or something i mean they were never going to get sued for something like that surely that would have been, or something along those lines would have been better there you go mate there's a future career Thanks. for you <laughs> yes uh, track 19 um is Anne marie smith's brackets you're my one and only brackets off true love brackets the clock radio mix brackets off uh double brackets never never a, never a good sign with the best will in the world because this is kind of a lardy diva track that Anne marie smith is not lolita holloway she's trying to be and ultimately that's what lets this track down is the nasty vocal on it she just can't do it uh yeah i agree actually totally with that um I hadn't noticed before, but on the back of the CD, true love is one word. I don't, I'm not sure if that was the case on the actual release or whether that's another slight error on the part of uh, whoever typed these out. But anyway, the the, the brackets in themselves are ridiculous. It, this true love probably should be in brackets, if anything. But regardless of your, uh, your opinion on brackets, you, might, you probably don't have one. Uh, I usually love Italian house tracks, but 
you're absolutely right. The shouty, horrid vocals on this completely ruin it, which is probably why it was a number 46 flop. It's another pre-release, so Ashley uh, kind of lost the plot a bit towards the end with uh, with a few too many non-hits. Uh, you may remember she did that cover of Music by John Miles. Uh, it was with a group called Fargetta way back when we were reviewing the Megadance albums. Uh, you didn't like that either, so uh, you've been consistent here. Um, yeah, she's not doing it for me. I mean, no. you know, we've all got to have a life and we've all got to earn some money somehow, and fair play. She managed to convince some people that it was uh, yeah. a career choice that she should have been following up, but yeah, not to my ears. No, I'm sure I do no, things that I mean, would annoy Anne-Marie Smith. This was not long after she had actually had a proper hit with the 49ers, in which she'd also screeched her way through that. I'll try and do an impression, but it might wreck my voice. Uh, that one was called Wrecking My Party. And that's pretty much how she sang it. And um, I now need to gargle with something, I think, probably. We've already listened to Soul to Soul's Love Enough and decided that it was uh, reasonably boring. Even the Maserati up-tempo mix edit of it. I think it's the same version, actually. I I, I didn't detect any difference, to be honest. I wonder if Maserati have something to say about it, though. Hmm. Who knows? Yes. Maybe they were not aware. Mind you, the the Italians generally take a rather... uh, lax view of copyright they and do. sampling other yes, people's stuff they so do. they probably didn't probably not bothered at all that is the end of now dance summer 95 all those 20 tracks mm. and there were some good ones uh, good ones and some uh, some less good ones let's see what we make now of hits blitz yes hits with a z to match the blitz <laughs> but of course so what we've got here is 22 explosive chart hits, as it says on the front. Well, obviously, it's got a picture of a bomb on it. Not a very good picture, a really bad cartoon picture of a bomb. Um, It was released on 14th of August 1995. Did okay in the charts, got to number two. Now, it's a weird one, this, because, uh, as you may recall from previous uh, occasional tables, we've reviewed the one-disc hits albums that uh, dear old Terry Starr part of the Telstar Empire was compiling, they stopped. So they they either lost the rights or they just stopped making the hits albums. And um, then BMG, uh, under their uh, global TV brand, thought, well, hang on, we've got this franchise knocking around that we've not really done anything with for years. Why don't we revitalise that? But almost as a taster, rather than doing it properly, they've released a one-disc... Uh, efforts which is regarded as part of the hit series because um in terms of uh, who compiled it and the record label and so on it's um the same people that would later revive the hit series um so we have a person who we can say who's compiled this concept and compilation nick moran but it's nick without a k so that could be a lady or a man but this was the 90s music industry so let's assume it was a man this is the first time on the desk that we've uh, that we've mixed and matched our kind of now stable and a uh, a BMG Sony Telstar yeah. stable. So uh, strange how the number of artists who turn up on here are quite similar because normally there's rights issues, but there, there are many many uh, there is some over- duplications. Uh, anyway, shall we see how we get on with it? Um, and I think we should start with. A large hit. Let's uh, play a little of Take That and Never Forget. There's a road going down the other side of this field. Never forget where 
that is track one on Hit Blitz, and it's uh, a good way to start with a bit of a corker. Take that, and never forget the proper single edit, which didn't always turn up on compilations. Some of them went for the uh, slightly longer version, which goes on perhaps a bit too long. Uh, this had only just come out when the album hit the racks in the shops, so a good exclusive to have this one, and obviously given that they had the rights to it, it was always going to be track one. Well, exactly. It's quality pop, end of, Barlow at his best. Were they about to split up? Had they split up? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I think they were about to, weren't they? It was around the time this came out, wasn't it? I thought they... Wasn't it that they released this, then split up, and then they did How Deep Is Your Love After? I think you're right, yeah. I think you're right. I think they're just released this when they split up I think, I, don't, I could be wrong with that but I, I think that's right. And we all remember Gary Barlow's tearful press conference. Yes <laughs> let's, let's not go there let's just remember Howard and his marvellous vocals and his tray of nibbles. We've started strongly, now comes the least uplifting quote uplifting song in the history of music. And people search for a hero, overplayed overused I don't get excited and my heart doesn't stir in the way that producers of uh, sports compilation pieces presume that it's going to do. Yeah, you don't hear it as much now, do you? But certainly it was everywhere for the next few years after it came out. It is search for the hero, isn't it? Well, it says, ah. Yeah, I think thing. it's the it and I think, I think they've got it wrong. I think it's search for the hero. Um, so it's another typo. So a good start there by Nick's team. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weird one to have as track two because it does bring the mood down somewhat. I mean, it's incredibly dull. It probably should have been on the last Now album, even though I don't like it. Um, the good news is, if you're not a fan of it, it's edited slightly on this uh, compilation because they've squeezed 22 tracks on you. You know what that means? 30 seconds chopped off tracks here and there where appropriate. And I think that is an appropriate one to chop because it's not very good. Yes. Uh, Edwin Collins' A Girl Like You, we've looked at on a previous desk. Uh, it's a quality piece and, of pop. And should have and been track, track three, two, shouldn't it? Pro- oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, track four... Another curious one is Annie Lennox's Whiter Shade of Pale. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, however good Annie Lennox's voice is, this didn't need doing. And we've we sort of mentioned already, you know, Ashley and Terry, for all their faults, know how to put a compilation album together and particularly know how to put disc one together. And at least the first four tracks, you're not making mistakes. But it's utterly bizarre to stick this in between Edwin Collins and the Out Here Brothers, which is track five. So, yeah, there's lessons that they could learn here. Mm. Yeah, tracks two and four are slow, and uh, tracks one, three, and five very much aren't. So that you're right, the the slow stuff traditionally comes nearer the end. Um, It would sit very well at the end, as we will find out as we go through the rest of the tracks. Um, But uh, yeah, here it is, track four, uh, a bland, rather twee reworking of. Well, your mileage may vary here. I know people can't stand the original. I I think the original version by Procol Harum is a classic. Um, there were four singles from her covers album and they were all pretty boring to be honest only the first No More I Love You's seemed to be any cop and I only really liked that because it was a lesser known track in its original form because the the original was by The Lover Speaks and wasn't a top 40 hit so it was kind of you know you you were discovering the track through her version and her version was rather nice 
but this is horrid i don't know i go through phases where i i like it and i don't i mean it's as you say whatever my opinion on it, it is a classic and i don't think this stands up at all to it as as previously mentioned the out here brothers boom 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 is track five we could have looked at that five times now on various compilation <laughs> yes. albums instead let's play a bit of track six which is west end and love rules It's Oblong Desk's occasional table, John and me here, listening to Hits Blitz for you, and uh, that was track six, Love Rules by West End. Now, confusingly, this isn't the same West End who had a hit with Sybil a couple of years earlier. You remember The Love I Lost? We covered that, didn't we, on a on a Now or another album? Um, it This may be the only single in recorded history to sample Edward VIII's abdication speech. Which I think is, you know, something in its favour, I have to say. Rather good, this, I reckon, but only got to number 44. And I think I know why that is. I remember this was tipped to be a massive hit, which is probably why it's quite early on this running order here. Um, But there was a warehouse fire or some kind of... uh, you know accident or or lack of supply related issue which meant that they couldn't get enough of these out there so this probably would have been a bigger hit without that i see well that's remarkable um and more remarkable i think from my perspective than the actual song itself which i found i'm afraid a little underwhelming Uh, it's sort of dance slash r&b it just it didn't go anywhere for me and i'm not sure yeah i wanted it to there's some nice elements to it it's sung quite well but to me it was almost like a good judy cheek song <laughs> so i think that's a very and definition of, me... very definition of damning with faint praise there possibly but um, well yeah. it's better than anything she's done but i, I yeah. was i was kind of thinking oh you know if Judy Cheeks had done this, we could credit her with some quality. But yeah, it, it didn't quite do it for me. Um, I was not responsible in any way for the warehouse fire. I was <laughs> no, somewhere I don't, else at the time. I don't think anyone was pointing the finger at you there. Um, given that they were, you know, supposed to be, I think, an up-and-coming girl group, I think from memory there were three of them, um, maybe the fact that uh, Jade were lurking around suspiciously near that warehouse might be taken into account. Oh, I'm joking, of course. Um, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, I, I quite like it um i don't think it's a classic i don't think it's a lost classic by any means but i think without that supply and distribution issue i think it would have been a uh probably a top 40 hit maybe not a massive one maybe just dented the top 20 but uh, it's one of those again for obvious reasons in this case you're not going to find very often so if you like the sound of a song that is essentially framed around the point of edward VIII's abdication speech which is kind of where it takes its cue from that's your song and i don't think i'm ever going to say that again no although documentary makers take note someone's done some work for you and uh, yes. you could drop that into you to the many things about edward the eighth and wallace simpson that there are around the crown could have used it 
Track seven we've looked at already, Stuck on You, PJ and Duncan's not their finest work, but, you know, it's them. We love them. And on to track eight, which we're going to play a little of. A track that's wildly different from the album version. It's Where Is The Feeling, the Brothers in Rhythm Dolphin mix from Kylie Minogue. We're now firmly into the period of Kylie's career when the hits got slightly smaller. That was her doing Where Is The Feeling, track eight on Hit Splits, which we're reviewing on this podcast. Um, It's a bit of a strange one, this Brothers in Rhythm remix, as you say. I think what they might have done on this album is take the 12-inch version, or at least a slightly longer version, and chop it down slightly, because it just doesn't have that immediacy of the single version, but I could be wrong. Um, Interesting fact time, it was written by Jane Hannah, who almost had a solo hit herself, just missed the top 40, and Wilf Smarties. I would suggest that's probably not his real name. I I hope Mr and Mrs Smarties aren't listening, but if you are, uh, (laughs) do get in touch and let us know if that is indeed your surname. I really, really like this version because I was slightly disappointed by the version on the album that deconstruction album has some absolute gold on it but it also she was working with lots of different producers at the time on each individual track and there's some utter dross on there you'll be unsurprised to hear the m people track that she did oh i remember that yes yes i remember that it was great it, it, it absolutely feels like they haven't treated it seriously and they've just got the M people thing that wasn't good enough for them off yeah, the shelf and yeah. says, sing this love which you know I mean it's it's an interesting period in Kylie's career this she's obviously just left the warmth and comfort of uh, of Mr Waterman and co uh, because the hits were drying up there and this is a remarkable change in direction as we discussed before the fact confide in me was so massive really helped but this one the, the album track I was disappointed by and then all of a sudden it's like Kylie turns into Madonna doing erotica and the way she whispers, I can make you happy on this, suggests that that won't be by doing the recycling for you. It's quite pervy. You sure she's not going to pop round with some balloons and a gift? No? No. 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 Well, not those kind of balloons anyway. No, no, mate. Well, Mad- Madness's Madness's house of love balloons, possibly. Not, not the kind of balloons that her sister had briefly and then got rid of, is what you're saying no. there, yes. Yes. Um, yes. Right. Well, I, I don't like this as much as you do. Um, I find it a bit kind of average, I'm afraid. Uh, I do think it's... Um, I do vaguely rem- I, I don't own the album this comes from but I do remember hearing the original and you, you're right this is better I think Brothers in Rhythm worked on a few tracks on that album actually didn't they from memory um, they did yeah. mainly the good ones mainly the, yeah exactly because they usually they, they do um, do a good job of sprucing other people's tracks up um, yeah it's kind of middling this for me it, it doesn't do a great deal I certainly out of the tracks off that album that were released Put Yourself in My Place is by far my favourite. I know not many would say that, but uh, there you go. 
No, that is a good one. Um, I'm going to let you introduce track nine, even though we've heard it before, because you love doing it. Oh, yeah. It's the bomb. Uh, yes. Kenny Dope presents Bucketheads. Uh, we've reviewed that before, as you'll remember. from. Yeah, we have. We, we, and, and given that it's called Hit Splits and there's a goddamn great big picture of a bomb on the front, you'd think they would have front loaded that somewhere near the start, wouldn't you? You would have. Uh, yet more randomness, though, isn't it? Um We've gone fast, slow, fast, fast, slow, slow, fast. Um, we've gone pop, R&B. You know, th- there's no structure to this. It's like they've literally got 22 hits yes. <laughs> and just thrown them at the track order and pressed record this disc and not really thought it through at all. There's there's no applause to be handed out. No, no. Nick, at all. Nick has got a whoever he or she is has got a lot to learn here. Um, yeah, we are into a little mini dance section here, though, aren't we? Because after the bomb, we've got uh, Corona, which we've already talked about in this actual podcast. Uh, if you didn't notice, then go back and listen to the start. Uh, and then we've got track 11, which is... Uh, we've discussed it before because I said it was a potential candidate for now 31, didn't I? In my look what you could have won. And you've given your opinion on it. I, I know you don't like it. I think Surrender Your Love by Nightcrawlers is better than uh, Push the Feeling On. Um, I, the the cut-up lyrics are slightly more amusing, I think. I particularly like the bit where it sounds like he's singing... Giving you a gut feeling, giving you a monostare. I don't know what a monostare is, unless it's Patrick Moore looking at you through his monocle, fiercely, possibly. It might be. Uh, yeah, as I've said before, I just can't bring myself to like the noise they make. It's like the instruments don't appeal to me, his voice doesn't appeal to me, the peeing about with the processing doesn't appeal to me. Even the tempo on this, I'd like it to be a bit faster. I mean, this this is what makes music a fantastic thing, though, isn't it? Because clearly, to some ears, all of this stuff that the Nightcrawlers do is amazing. It's just just not mine. There's um there's a remix out right now of Push the Feeling on topical, um, and I believe John Reed from the Nightcrawlers has had something to do with it. I don't think it's very good, as with ninety nine percent of modern music, especially where they're ruining old songs. But you know that's what you get for listening to a podcast with two people getting a bit older. Um, and by the time by the time this uh, gets released, it may well have already been and gone in the charts anyway. So. Uh, you, you, you may not care. We shall see. I mean, the, the charts these days, phew, who can tell? Who can tell? <laughs> who can tell, you streaming crazy people? Uh, right, tracks 12, 13, 14, we have looked at on previous desks. They are D-Reams, Shoot Me With Your Love, Ginny's Keep Warm and Jam and Spoon's Right in the Night. That's uh, not the first time we've said Right in the Night on this particular desk. Uh, as you can see, the repetition of tracks. Yeah. There's, I mean, you know, you'd expect some good ones, but I wouldn't say Right in the Night is particularly like, oh, I must have that, and yet it's appeared now, I think, three times. Yeah, I think it happens with some of the Eurodance tracks. I think they just got licensed to everybody who would have them. Uh, the next one, not so much, actually. I think this is the... I have many compilations, uh, listener. You will be unsurprised to hear. I've got a remix of this on another dance compilation, but this is the only one where... I, They've put the single version on. Uh, not sure it's a good thing necessarily, but track 15 is by Mosaic, spelt with a Z for no apparent reason, but fits in with the Hits Blitz uh, Z overload of this album. Sing it, brackets, the Hallelujah song. Uh, that kind of gives away that it's basically a reworking of Dr. Alban's Sing Hallelujah. It's a bit plodding, this. I'm surprised it got as far as it did. Number 14 this got to, and it's just, there's nothing to it. It's really poor. 
it isn't really what the Dr. Alban ordered, is it? Uh, fundamentally similar, but with him surgically removed. I'm going to stop the Dr. Uh, references now. I, I don't think that not having Dr. Alban on there improves it half as much as you'd expect that to. Uh, and, uh, and it's not just you, mate, who's surprised um, how well it did. Uh, the Finns agree with us as well. It was only number 17 there, uh, and it's dark for half the year. <laughs> so you'd think they'd want something uplifting, but no, apparently not. Uh, Bobby Brown humping around for the millionth time. Yes, He'll be getting tired back. now. He's he's track 16. So to track 17 then, and Jodeci, freaking you, <laughs> um, which I was about to consign to the R. Kelly misogyny bin for, uh, for example, lines like, whenever I wake up, I feel so horny. Oh, yes, I remember that. I remember listening to that and thinking, even for 95 standards, that's pretty dreadful. Yes. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, uh, I was listening to it it, because I, you know, either blanked it from my mind or never heard it ever. Uh, And and at this point, Junior Tyndall, the, the littlest one, sticks his head into the studio here and says, why are you playing the outro from Series 5 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures? And I said, who, what, now, what, what, what? Um, but apparently, yes, this appeared on a Japanese anime uh, series. And I have watched some of this with my son to check it wasn't inappropriate in any way. It's not. It's standard issue Japanese anime. There's lots of you know freeze frame and people looking angry and going Rah! at each other. Um, but yeah. How random, I think, sort of maybe 20 years after it was a horrendous piece of R&B, some Japanese anime studio producers said, yes, we must use that on our children's cartoon. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? There's no logic to that at all. If you know of any other random 90s songs that have been used, we're not talking big hits here, we're talking obscurities like this one on anime, then, then do tell us. And um, and if you would like an oblong desk branded R. Kelly misogyny bin for Christmas, then also do let us know and we'll see what we can do about making one of those. Maybe you could flip up the lid and it'll say something horrendous and inappropriate. Um, anyway, I digress. I'm trying not to talk about the song because it really is generic R&B of the worst order. Uh, they had five hits between 94 and 96 and they must have all sounded roughly like this and not very good i mean yeah there is there is that whole thing of if i put it out there that i'm hot and sexy then maybe the ladies will come Uh, but you know i don't know whether he ever managed to achieve any of that by not paying them to appear in his videos Mm, indeed uh let's let's move on uh track 18 shall we yeah track 18 we've done but a quick a quick mention for another typo billy ray martin with a y as if she's billy ray cyrus in disguise or something come on nick get your typesetters to get it right anyhow your loving arms we we have done and uh, oh look there's clock at track 19 again with wumpf there it is I'm I'm very much all wumped out on that one. Uh, the last three, mm-hmm. though, we haven't talked about, have we? So track 20 is Freedom by Michelle Gale. What are your thoughts on this? I'd say this isn't one of her finest moments. Lovely, lovely, lovely Michelle yeah, Gale. Yes, okay, mate. Is, is the song pretty average R&B? Probably. Does that matter? 
not really. And I know I castigate ladies of a certain age over their youthful crushes, which place sexual attraction over actual musical quality. But this is our podcast, and I am playing my double standards card, mate. Uh, she's lovely, <laughs> and she's still lovely, and apparently is going to appear uh, and replace Pauline Quirk's character in the ITV rehashing of Birds of a Feather. Really? That's the most. So I read. That's the most left field piece of trivia I've heard for a while. Yeah, she's um she's not done much acting for a while, has she, or have I missed that? No, she was. She's um occasionally appeared on Loose Women and been writing books as yes, well. Yes, I think uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, other things apart from singing and generally being gorgeous. She's fifty, mate. She's fi- how can Michelle Gale be fifty? I know it's uh, it is uh, depressing, isn't it? Really, she she does look pretty good on it. I have to say. Um, oh, but, indeed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for the Fresh and Fly reunion. Frankly, never mind uh, Birds of a Feather. Um, this got to number sixteen in the chart, so it was a kind of middling hit for her. The, the worst thing about it is the vocal. Not not that she's done a bad job, but to me it sounds really echoey like they've not recorded it properly like the microphone's not set up right or something so it has every hallmark of a knocked up in five minutes job this track i'm afraid it does and it doesn't matter lovely michelle <laughs> okay zig and zag hooray for <laughs> oh, randomness on track 21 with hands up and not even the line there's a bounty on my head and i don't mean chocolate can save this from being really really <laughs> desperate Country Rave, we've we've mentioned it before on previous desks, Country Rave is violently offensive in all its forms, even when the mighty Zig and Zag are doing it. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you know, this is long after Rednecks and the novelty value had uh, well and truly worn off. I think it's actually called Hands Up, Hands Up. I think this is another typographical error on the album, not that anyone probably cares. I think the KLF said it best in their manual on how to have a number one hit. Never follow up a huge novelty song, at least not using the same name. There's a reason why there was only ever one Time Lords track in existence. Uh, I think they should have probably followed that advice um edelweiss didn't uh, either after bring me edelweiss but i mean you know i'm i'm the one person in the world who loves i can't get no edelweiss so that's that's the exception to the rule in my opinion uh but this is terrible uh, and i think it rightly only got to number 21 and that was very much it as far as zig and zag were concerned in terms of chart performance if only we could say the same about another duo hey well I might be about to say something unexpected, right? Oh. Because, yes, Robson and Jerome's Unchained Melody uh, is track 22, the final one on Hit Splits. Uh, did you watch Soldier Soldier? Do you know I didn't, to be fair? Ah. Uh, right, well, I did, and the wedding scene which is where this originates from, was really quite a moving thing if you'd followed the series. And because Robson and Jerome have to be judged in the context of how popular they were at the time and how popular Soldier Soldier was and how good they were in it as actors, there's something that when you watch and listen to this with that context in mind, it's quite understated. And it's quite humble. And Robson didn't have the greatest voice, but his character, Dear Tucker, also didn't have the greatest voice. And he was doing this thing that he didn't really want to do for a mate of his in the army. And it's all brothery. And I quite like the fact that it doesn't go overboard 
and I prefer this version to the Righteous Brothers. And I don't care how <laughs> naff that makes me sound because I loved Soldier Soldier at the time. Also, because Holly Aird was in it, and she's lovely as well. Oh dear, this has gone way off track. Let me get this back on, <laughs> back on the rails. Um, well, look, um, I I don't think this is the worst thing ever made. I think that the worst crime about this is that it helped Simon Cowell get more money and become more famous. You know, uh, it, it's been said, not least by Robson Green himself. If someone comes up to you and offers you a sack load of cash to make albums singing old fifties and sixties songs, uh, even though you don't think you've got a great singing voice you're not going to say no are you if it's off the back of what could be fleeting fame i mean actually as it happens both of them have you know still got an acting career and you know robson green's got his fishing shows on itv as well so so good for him um and uh you know you're right actually it probably isn't any worse than um the original righteous brothers version um probably because um, it wasn't really the Righteous Brothers, was it? It was just Bobby Hatfield, and I think he was very much the weaker uh, of the vocalists in in the Righteous Brothers. Um, and it's certainly not as bad as Gareth Gates' version, which is yet to come, which we may, the horror, come across later on if we get that far. Um, no, it's it's okay, I guess, as things go. It's not the worst criminal record in the world. Um, what I will say, though, is it's seemingly on this compilation to get the chart topper count up because it had been number one as far back in as in may and the you know three months before this album was released it is kind of chucked on the end almost as an afterthought but i suppose fair enough you know get it does get the number one count up to i think three unless i've miscounted um and you can see why it's on the end can't you like i said earlier ballads kind of belong more towards the end uh, when you've got single disc album, especially, so uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but but look at those last three tracks there. You've got Samara <laughs> B, yes. Country Rave, and then a number one cover version ballad, basically from a TV show. I think we can safely say that whatever the quality of, and whatever our thoughts on Robson and Jerome uh, are. Um, First of all, the best version, obviously, was Jimmy Young. (laughs) Yes, of course. And um, secondly, what a catastrophe of compiling Mm. this entire album has been. You could could literally go and throw these tracks down in any other order that you liked, and it would still be no worse. And I think that Nick and co, yes, much to learn from the might of Ashley, and even... Even Terry. Wow, that's a low bar, isn't it? But yeah, you're probably right. It, apart from take that as track one, it goes uh, it goes a bit all all over the place after that. All over the place. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, listener. I tell you what, listener. Get the track list and have a play around. <laughs> see if you could do any better than them. Given that you're not being paid to do it, mm, the good, I'm almost tempted. The good news is that Nick will get better at this. So. Whereas I said uh, earlier on, Now Dance will be taking a rest for a while, uh, in very quick order we will be seeing the return proper of the Hits brand in back into its double-disc format and compiled, I think from memory, considerably better than this one. Well, we shall find out in the future. Now, though, there is but one thing to do, and that is from Now Dance Summer 95 and Hits Blitz, pick out our favourite track. Hmm. Yeah, so we've got 21 tracks to choose from that we haven't already discussed in previous desks, of course. And 
Yeah, there's some big hitters on here for me. So, you know, I could be obvious and pick Grace or take that or something like that. But I kind of feel like, particularly with these occasional tables, that it's a good thing to pick the lesser heard tracks. So for the simple reason that it's the smallest hit uh, of any of those we've talked about on this desk. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Sugar Babies and Magic in You, because I think it's a surprisingly good and unfairly forgotten dance track. So there. How interesting. Well... You see, if it was just the Now Dance Summer 95, which is full of smaller things and lesser-known things, um, then I might be tempted to agree with you. I, I did like Grace, as you said. I did like the uh, the Sugar Babies as well. However, I am going to pick a song that is just over-the-top brilliant. And it's the one good thing, as we said, that the hits blitz people did which was to stick it as track one take that never forget it's quality pop mate yes no, I think, no more to be said. I think that's uh, i think that's fair enough so that is uh now dance out of the way for a considerable time hits will park just for a very brief period and then we'll be back with another desk proper very soon won't we back onto the nows i think next Yes, yes indeed it'll be christmas I'm looking forward to it it oh, comes around quicker it's... every year it's Christmas every day. Uh, meanwhile, though, if you'd like to get in touch with us on Oblong Desk, you can now do so. Uh, the ways grow hour by hour and second by second. Uh, we now have Snapchat. Woohoo! Uh, so, <laughs> so you can send us pictures or something. I don't know how Snapchat works at all, but somebody suggested that we should do it and i said oh why not so oblong desk is our snapchat name i don't know what they call those either we won't be on there much but it's another way you can send us messages if you want to um we're far more comfortable with facebook and twitter at the oblong desk on those and you can of course come to the website uh, which is oblongdesk.podbean.com and leave your messages you can follow and share and subscribe and do all those things that make the podcast a little bit more well known and uh, get our name out there and you can also enjoy every single desk that there has ever been and there are many and there will be more in future so until then it's bye from me and myself as well goodbye Oblong Desk's Occasional Table was written, presented and produced by Noakes and John Tyndall with additional music by John oblongdesk.podbean.com is the place to go to get all the latest Oblong Desk episodes and loads more. Oblong Desk.